0: the age of plastic podcast i'm your host andrea fox and in case you didn't know this is an environmental podcast for people who just want to cut through the climate change overwhelm don't freak out don't breathe into a paper bag. We're going to get through this together and hopefully lower our impact on the planet. As always, if you've left us a review, thank you so much. I do love reading them, just like this one from Alice Allen 1. As a newbie to environmental issues and the zero waste movement, this podcast helps me feel positive about the future rather than feeling quite daunted and overwhelmed. Great for ideas and learning about new innovations. Alice, thank you so much. I'm so honoured by that. That is 100% what I've been aiming to do this is not about doing everything perfectly this is not about throwing out your plastic throwing out your leather and deciding to become a vegan it's about empowering yourself to make some better choices because let's face it there's so much to know i definitely also i'm not throwing out my leather jacket or my plastic tupperware if you'd like to leave us a review on apple Podcasts, maybe i'll read it out on the next age of plastic episode As always, I will have a little eco tip for you at the end of this episode. I'd love to know yours as well. You can always get in touch with me. I am andreafox.co.uk is my website where you'll find a little contact form at the bottom. I'm on all the socials. Age of Plastic podcast on Instagram. And you can find me on Twitter, Andrea underscore Fox. All the links, of course, in the show notes to this episode. Right, I think it's about time we cracked on with our guest, right? Joining me today on the Age of Plastic podcast is co-founder of Too Good to Go, Jamie Crummy. This is an app that lets you pick up food from loads of restaurants on the high street. His idea for his app was to make sure that the waste at the end of the day went to good use. So if you download the app, you'll find loads of high street stores that will give you a magic bag of goodies for a reduced price at the end of the day. We talk about so much in this chat and he's incredibly knowledgeable about the global environmental food waste issue. We talk about dumpster diving a lot in the episode. If you aren't aware what this is, this is people going into the bins behind restaurants and supermarkets and digging out food, which is still absolutely fine, and eating that. Um, I don't think it's illegal. It definitely became a bit of a craze a few years back. Um, So just in case you weren't aware what it is, it does come up a lot in the episode and I realised afterwards we didn't give it a definition. So there you go, in case you were wondering. So coming up in our chat today, we talk about his route into food waste, the variables that make it hard for eateries to deal with their waste, why it's a win-win solution for both consumers and businesses for this app to exist and why too good to go is more than just an app also jamie was really fun to chat to and he does love a pun i've counted two of jamie's puns in this interview if you spot any more do let me know any, any ones i've missed right this is jamie crummy from too good to go now on the age of plastic podcast i am in the offices of too good to go with co-founder jamie crummy hello oh yeah thanks for joining me on the age of plastic podcast um let's talk food waste how big a problem is it
1: Well first of all thanks very much for having me but yeah food waste is massive. It's um, I think what we call one of the world's dumbest problems really. It's something that (laughs) is... I haven't heard that before that's good. (laughs) Yeah it's something that is you know happening everywhere the whole way through the supply chain and something that we could do so much more about Um, but again it's just a a huge issue that needs addressing super urgently.
0: Yeah and you are kind of coming at the end of the chain aren't you with too good to go so explain kind of the history behind it because did it come from a a dumpster diving you wanted to find a better way for people (laughs) than doing dumpster diving which if anyone's forgotten about was really big like five years ago
1: sure so well for me my own personal journey into Mm. food waste is probably not that dissimilar to to many others so I was working for an events company actually and you know it was big catering gigs that we were doing so um, you know a couple hundred people at any of these events at one time and you know, it was table service so as was as was normal you know 10 to 15% was created um as a as a surplus in case something went wrong oh wow um and then you know at the end of every event just you know all this 10 to 15% was just thrown away so it was like a 150 liter bin after a 150 liter bin was just filled with perfectly perfectly good food and you know myself I was like shocked and horrified but I didn't know whether this was an industry standard or or was it just something that was unique to the organization I was working for Mm. so then it was fast forward a a few years and I was working with Amnesty International actually and an event we were doing was catered for by an amazing organization uh, called the um The real junk food project oh, okay, where they 'd actually gone and they'd yeah, they 'd gone dumpster diving and they 'd rescued food a bit like the food I was previously having to throw away yeah. and repurposed it into like beautiful edible meals, so whether it was like pulled chicken or stews and things like that, um you know it was all food that had come from bins and repurposed, so for myself, it really got me thinking you know it's a this is an amazing thing, but not everybody wants to go dumpster diving. So, you know, what can we do that actually actually stops that food from getting in the bins in the first place? And, you know, that there was sort of the, um, the, the birth of Tuga To Go, really.
0: Amazing. So you've come on quite leaps and bounds since then. Mm-hmm. And you've reached quite a landmark literally this week. Am I right?
1: Yes, that's correct. So here in the UK, we've just rescued over one million meals now. So we're, um, yeah, super happy about it. And It really shows the, the appetite. Uh, pardon the pun, of, uh, <laughs> uh, of, the, of the UK public really to, to take action against food waste and, and you know, use initiatives like Too Good To Go to, to address that.
0: So if people are listening to this podcast right now and they have never heard of the app, what exactly happens when you download the Too Good To Go app? What are you doing?
1: Your life changes forever. No, oh,
0: well,
1: other than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's a it's a really simple app, which again is all about fighting food waste. So you you download the app, um, and what you'll do, you'll log onto the app, and you'll see a list of participating food businesses. And what you do is you purchase what we call a magic bag. Love it. Brilliant, right? <laughs> um, and you then turn up at the store or the food business at an allotted collection window, which is usually like the last hour after 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 service and you pay a reduced price through the app and then you'll collect what a um, a magic bag the surprise bag of food which would otherwise go to waste so you're you're paying really like um well, what, what you're receiving is about three times the amount you paid um, and you know I think it's been described to me in many different ways but a bit like Forrest Gump you know life is like a box of chocolates type thing you know it's a, it's a fun way to start addressing food waste. you know it's quite fun not knowing exactly what it is you're going to collect, but you know you're going to get um, a lot of food and enjoy it at the same time
0: yeah, and it feels like I've obviously been using it a lot in London feels like you've got Lola's cupcakes and Paul <laughs> sewn up in the u k. <laughs> they're always on there right brilliant because i work at weird hours so yeah. i was actually going oh there's loads of like hotels that will give you the leftover breakfasts and mm. things like that but it's kind of funny because You would think those companies would manage their waste, but I guess there's always things they can't account for. And this is a great way to avoid some of landfill and they get some cash back and everyone feels like they're winning, right?
1: Exactly. That's what we like to describe it as, as a a win-win solution. But I think you really, you put the nail on the head there where there's all these different variables that come into play. When we're talking about food waste, so whether it's um you know where, whether it's the weather, you know at the moment you know I think I'm dressing for all seasons. <laughs> it's, <a laughs> know, it, it's raining, then it's sunny, then it's humid. You know and it, this this really has a knock on effect when it comes to food businesses in particular. So it will impact the amount of people that actually physically go out because it's raining, or the types of food they want because it's cold. You know we want salads when it's hot. You know, you want soups when it's cold. You know, when you've got seven seasons in one day, yeah. it's hard to know what what to cook and when to cook it.
0: Yeah, I think there's like a weird supermarket fact this is that at 22 degrees, we buy loads of ice, lolli- uh, loads of ice cream. 23, it's too hot for cream, and we want the ice lollies, which is so... Weird, but I, I love that fact. It is something like that. I'm going to have to double check
1: <laughs> it. I'd have both all year round. I'm a big go for fan. a twister, yeah. guys, and you get both. <laughs> I'm I'm a cornetto, I
0: think. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> um. So we, I, you've already talked about the idea of the uh, the magic bags. Going back to the start of the company, was it quite hard to get businesses on board to start with?
1: Well, if it was easy, I think many, many people would have been doing it. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think actually, it goes around as well to. The way we talk about food waste and the how and how perceptions around uh, food waste have changed massively like I remember when I was first you know trying to pitch this idea to my friends the first thing they'd always said was whoa whoa, whoa I don't, don't want to be eating food off people's plates like and I'm like no <laughs> no it's not the it's not food. scraps it's not food scraps exactly food waste we're talking about this perfectly good food this surplus of food and um, which just ends up being thrown away because it, you know the demand isn't there or you know the the seven seasons in one day has happened. So it was, you know, difficult enough trying to, you know, actually convey what it was we were trying to do to my own friends. So you can imagine how difficult it was speaking to businesses. And I think, you know, that comes down to the fact that food waste has been something that's just been like an industry norm. Mm. You know, it's just been commonplace that, you know, at the end of each day, you, know, you, you will always have a level of wastage left over. Yeah. And it's just normal to throw that food away. So actually what what we were trying to do and what we have been doing is really disrupting the way a lot of these businesses engage with surplus food.
0: Yeah. And I suppose it's funny, like you said, the events company having 10 to 15 percent extra, all, all that kind of thing. Do you think it's just because that's the way everyone's done it? That's the problem, or is it a consumer problem of you know we are used to having every every kind of food at our fingertips, whatever the seven kinds of weather we get in a day? Sure. What, what's the real issue behind our food waste? Do you think?
1: So there's there's not just one issue, and I don't. It's it's not as easy as um, you know changing one thing and suddenly this this global environmental issue of food waste is solved. Mm. But I think when we are looking at it from you know a consumer hat on. And the way that we engage uh, with food and everything like that, I think, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do differently. You know, the way I think UK in particular, the way we engage with food is monumentally different to how it was, you know, generations and generations ago. You know, I think so. It's a lot about sort of, you know, seeing food from uh, from an emotional perspective, and that's really what I try and do when I'm talking to people about food waste is is getting people to fall back in love with food, have this innate respect for food that you know it suddenly becomes socially unacceptable if we're to start throwing food away. And I think you know a lot of that comes from you know by being having that physical and emotional connection to food, which is very um, uh, sort of hazy yeah. at, at present.
0: I suppose it's stuff like. Um, you know, your grandparents always using scraps and knowing exactly what's in season. And I don't, I mean, we look, so I'm guessing you're probably a bit younger than me, but I've got no idea. But it's so easy to Google it. And, and, and we've grown up with like best before dates and all that kind of stuff. And you just think, actually, a lot of that, people didn't have in the past. You just use your use your eyes and your nose to go, yeah. that's absolutely fine.
1: No, completely. I think, you know, there's um, there's a lot of common sense when, 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 when we're talking about use buys, but I think as well, it's, it's about having this love for food, Mm -hmm. you know, that we'd actually feel guilty about having to throw food away because we know that, you know, somebody spent a lot of time and effort, you know, either harvesting that food or packaging that food, distributing that food, putting it on a shelf or whatever it is, but that food has gone through a, a huge journey and we should really respect that and feel bad about throwing that food away. So I think it's, you know, it's very much about, as I say, having this respect and love for food, which we, um you know, we probably don't have as we have had in, in the past.
0: Mm. And I suppose, um, like you were just saying, things have changed even amongst your own group since the app started and, and to today. Um, I feel a lot like David Attenborough and his chat about plastic. That's had a really big moment and it's kind of been like the gateway drug into talking about other environmental issues mm. as someone's described it as. Do you think that... Way. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, then you start looking at everything. Do you think that the next sort of environmental issue that is having this spotlight sort of focused on it is food waste?
1: Definitely. I think we're on the cusp of something huge here at the moment in terms of this, this awareness piece and this educational piece around food waste. I think, you know, the whole movement around plastics has been, has been amazing in terms of as you spell. The, the gateway in in terms of engaging people on other sustainable issues, and you know that really has brought forth the emotional connection that people have with with sustainable issues um so yeah with food waste, I think it's just a matter of time really before um you know before people start you know having the same uh, the same reaction as was had with plastics
0: yeah it's just a matter of time guys, get on board now Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you've talked, I think, in interviews about the indirect effects of people using Too Good To Go. Can you explain that?
1: Sure. So, I, you know, what, we, what we're really trying to do here at Too Good To Go is, you know, we're more than just an app. I know that sounds as cliche as ever, but it really is. It's, it's, it's almost like a lifestyle, right, where we're trying to promote this sustainable lifestyle, very, uh, very akin to things like the, 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 the plastic movement. So it is this, this movement around food waste. So that it's not just the act of actually rescuing a meal on the app itself, but the effect that this has on our users, you know, in other walks of their life as well. So when people come and rescue a meal through Tugat2Go, what it is we're trying to do is essentially shock them, as bizarre as it sounds. But they have this, you know, this wow experience. This It you know, is a this, bit
0: like that. You're like, oh yeah. my God, look at all the places on it. <laughs> look how much I can get for how little.
1: Completely. So it's like a wow, I've got all this food. But then the second sort of reaction is, wow, I can't believe this food was going to go to waste. So what this really does is it's, you know, it plants this seed almost. And, you know, it gets people start thinking about about food waste and, you know, the the levels and the magnitude of the issue here in the UK. So that actually, you know, again, pardon another pun, but gives them a food for thought, you know, next time they're shopping, you know, or opening the fridge that people can get creative with with what's left or, you know, if they are going shopping, it's, you know, questioning, do I really need to buy one, get one free on this kilo of carrots or whatever it may be? Mm. Um, so really just trying to get people, you know, to, to start thinking about food. So this contributes to this wider, wider consciousness around, around food waste.
0: Yeah, I think I heard one of your colleagues say at a talk that um, she's got really into like uh, tapas lunches. We're just using yeah. up loads of little random bits yeah. um, so that, you know, food doesn't go to waste. Um, and we need to forget, like, obviously, we're thinking about it as consumers, but also these companies that are throwing stuff away, waste costs companies, doesn't it?
1: Exactly. So I think, you know, when you present it like that, it really is an opportunity for businesses to um, to make a positive impact. You know, it was Rap who did a study. It was back in... 2013 that demonstrated it costs about 97p per plate of food away so you know that's that's like astounding right you know that's, that's loads uh, on top of that you know we're you're actually paying people to come and collect your bins so you know if we can create solutions like too Good to go which is you know offsetting all of those costs you know rather than paying someone to collect your your food waste mm. you're someone's actually paying you to collect your surplus food so it's um it really does seem like a win-win when when you present it like that
0: yeah have you have you worked with defra as well am i right in thinking
1: yes yeah. so we're working with defra at the moment and particularly with with ben elliott who's the food waste champion the food waste Tazar. hope i've said that right yeah um
0: czar Tsar. Mm. yeah
1: silent tea. Uh, yeah <laughs> um <laughs> and you know we again this goes back into the thing about the movement we're trying to build so it's working and collaborating with governmental organizations as well as other organizations as well to really really you know ramp up this this fight against food waste.
0: Mm. Do you think that governments need to do more?
1: Well I think it it goes back into how to address food waste. It's not just a simple As the government doing doing more, it takes. There's a lot of different levers which which come into play. Whether that's businesses doing doing more to you know educate their consumers, whether it's consumers actually becoming more aware and changing some of our own habits. But of course, you know that there is supplemented by policies. So Mm -hmm. you know whether 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 our government can do more in terms of in terms of things like date labelling. Or advocating more things within the circular economy, you know, there's lots of things to done to the extent that actually we could see our national curriculum including including food and food waste. So mm. from from like a young age, our, you know the kids of tomorrow are actually learning about the value of food, um, and you know that there will have monumental changes in terms of um, human behaviour. For the future
0: yeah that's a great idea and I guess we've just seen the climate strikes um, yeah around the world
1: well, it was brilliant we were we went as an office the, the whole team went to the climate strike yeah me um, too. a few fri- fridays ago and it was like amazing to see like all these kids there you know as young as sort of four or five out there on on the picket line I thought it was brilliant
0: I honestly was like Oh, I might have to have kids now. Cause <laughs> you are very inspiring. Like seeing four-year-olds in their like, well, not four-year-old, five, six, seven, eight, in their yeah. school uniform,
1: Ama- yeah, protesting. Amazing.
0: I was like, oh, with
1: brilliant so, signs as well.
0: So funny! I just had like, um a help refugees one. Yeah, I had my handwritten thing on it, and they've got really beautiful, funny ones. I felt, I felt very bad.
1: Yeah, they really put my puns to shame. <laughs> no, yeah. I know.
0: Like, Next time I go out and protest, I need to work on my puns. Cause, yeah, you know, I, that's that's where it's at um i wanted to mention as well we talked a lot about the uk and you've obviously reached the milestone of a million meals in the uk but you are in lots more countries aren't you we
1: are yeah we're in 13 different countries look
0: at you global going global
1: (laughs) but i think you know that there just demonstrates that you know this is a global issue food waste isn't something that is insular to the uk or to one country but it's something that is an impacting everyone and it's something that happens everywhere so it really needs to become a global movement as it is such a global issue
0: yeah do you find that there's different things that are often popular in the uk that uh or or, or things that or different messaging that, how does it work in across different countries are we seeing lots of croissants being uh snapped up in france or not <laughs> is it just sushi in the uk
1: well actually that, that's one interesting thing sushi seems to be popular everywhere Oh um, God. yeah so it's um yeah there's no there's no shortage of sushi on the app <laughs> we have from our, our sort of food waste warriors snapping all, all, all of that up
0: I do love wasabi, what can I say? (laughs) Um, Well, we always ask our guests uh, two very important questions. Um, One is about plastic. Obviously, we're called the Age of Plastic podcast. It is a very good material. We're just using it the wrong way. Uh, So, Jamie, is there a plastic item, non-single use in your life, that you just can't do without?
1: My mobile phone.
0: Of course, because that's where the app yeah. is. Uh, no, yours think... has got a sensible case. I've just noticed. Mine does not, so <laughs> I'm living dangerously. I also have a
1: crack on my screen there, so it can't Eww. be that, that that protective.
0: Oh, who exists without a mobile phone these no, days? No, completely. Absolutely no one. Um, and most importantly, your environmental heroes, because you did you set up this company, co-founded it from uni, didn't you? So have you always kind of been like environmentally? Yeah, minded? I've
1: always been environmentally and socially sort of driven and motivated so you know whether that was you know again I worked I mentioned earlier with Amnesty I've worked with other sort of um, NGOs always sort of in a human rights perspective so whether that was refugee rights and things like that I spent a lot of time out in the Calais jungle Um, you know so it's it's always been something of me where I've impact and social and environmental impact has always been one of my main drivers
0: yeah so who would you say has been one of your environmental or social heroes, I suppose.
1: From an environmental, I think it's got to be Greta. Oh. Uh, like, she's just an absolute rock star, right? Yeah. Like, that, that, that speech she gave um, last week in New York was yeah. phenomenal. I mean, it was, it was emotive, it was everything. I thought it was, um, you know, it's just so inspiring to see somebody who's 16... Being a, a, able to galvanize this um, this entire student movement yeah. around um, around climate justice.
0: Yeah, she's she is very very impressive, and I actually even just am very impressed with the way she's dealing with like the haters who tend yeah. to be like well old, yeah. Yeah, yeah old white middle class <laughs> men, um, and she's even doing that with like yeah. amazing amazing grace as well. Um, Jamie Crummy, too good to go. Good luck. Well, congratulations on the one million meals saved, and good luck for the next million. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining Thanks me so on much the for having me. podcast. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. <laughs> we covered so many interesting things there. The Real Junk Food Project, Rap, who've done loads of research, and Ben Elliott, the foods are. I am going to link to loads of those in the podcast. Also, have we seen that Fatboy Slim's been mixing in Greta Thunberg's speeches into his sets? I'm here for it, Fatboy. If you want to come on the podcast, just let me know. I will link as well to where you can download the app. But basically, if you've got a smartphone, log on to your Android or the App Store and make sure you grab it. It's absolutely free and you can start picking up goodies where you live. Like we said in our chat, it's in so many different countries now and they've managed to save a million meals. So get involved. Also, Jamie is super knowledgeable about things like quinoa and also soil erosion and how many harvests we've got left quite scary stuff but we might do a bit of more of a deep dive into food waste and get Jamie Crummy back on the podcast another time let me know if you'd like that leave some comments wherever you're listening to this podcast right now Okay, on to today's eco-life hack. Did you get Glastonbury Festival tickets? No, hardly any of my friends did either. But if you were lucky enough to, maybe you are already thinking about summer 2020. Now, apparently 25% of people will leave their plastic tent behind. That's 800,000 tents in a year. Not cool. Well, how about a cardboard tent? There's a company called Car Tent, with a K, that provide cardboard tents for festivals and apparently they're rainproof for three days. That may not be British rain. They pitch up at festivals so you don't even have to order them to your house and then squeeze them in your car. They fit about two people and although there aren't many UK festivals listed there are plenty of festivals listed that they've been at in the past and they say if you want them to pitch up at your favourite festival you should contact them and the organisers. You can find out how at cartent, with k.com. That's the latest for this edition of the Age of Plastic podcast. I'll see you next time when I'll be chatting to Beth Noy of Plastic Freedom. Beth's been nominated for NatWest's Entrepreneur for Good 2019 award and she'll be sharing her tips for a plastic-free life and her favourite plastic-free products. That's all coming up next time on the Age of Plastic podcast. I'm off to do some dumpster diving.